Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Hi, welcome to Whole Brain Teaching the Podcast. We are thankful that you are joining us today on what promises to be another great episode in our beloved Rascal series. I'm Laura Forehand. I teach second grade in Northwest Missouri. I, of course, am only one half of this great podcast team, so I'll let my co-host introduce herself. Hello, everybody. I'm Rhonda Arnold, and I'm also a second grade teacher in Goddard, Kansas. We are also both um, Advanced Platinum Certified Instructors. Glad that you all are here today. Yes, and today we are excited to have Executive Board Member Stacy Bile joining us again on the podcast. Stacy has been on several of our podcasts, such as Let's Talk About Virtual Teaching, Peace Circle, and then most recently she joined us to discuss the Bullseye Game. Welcome back, Stacy. We are glad that you are here joining us today for another whole brain teaching strategy on our beloved rascals. How are you today? I'm great. It's great to be here. Awesome. We are excited to have you back on the podcast to talk about another strategy that we can use with our beloved rascals. Last time you came on and shared with us a great definition of beloved rascals. What types of beloved rascals have you had over the years of your teaching that really stand out? Well, I love how coach actually, coach B talks about how beloved rascals kind of come in two forms. He divides them into the disruptors and the secretors and which, you know, what is that word? Right. But it totally makes sense when you think about it. So the disruptors, I don't think we have to tell any teachers what that means. They are the students who disrupt your classroom. Those are the obvious beloved rascals. Then there's the ones that sometimes you miss. Um, they're the secreters. Those are your students that are silent and also unengaged. So they're not the quiet little kids who love everything you do. They're the quiet and completely unengaged from your classroom. So, um, and you do notice them and you try to get them to do something. So maybe you're doing a group thing and you notice they're not participating or you're doing mere words and they're not participating or they're not doing any work. Um, but they also are not disruptive, meaning they're not yelling out you know, they're not throwing something or blurting or tattling. They're just completely quiet. So those are kind of two different beloved rascals. And yes, I have experienced both many times in my career. I think that's a good point that you make about those secreters. It's not that they're just like quietly doing everything that you ask them to do. They're quiet, but they're, they have disengaged from whatever your assignment is or the task is that you've asked them to do. So today we wanted to discuss um, the whole brain teaching beloved rascal strategy called Rascal X. So can you explain to us what Rascal X is? So Rascal X is our tool that's focused on fixing relationships, not fixing kids. Um, 
Chris Biffle talks about that a lot, about how difficult it is to change a student's behavior or improve a student's behavior when there is not a positive relationship. Mm -hmm. So really Rascal X is just putting the tools together. It helps you first identify the kids who need Rascal X. And then it gives you some tools to work on building that positive relationship. And then while you're building that positive relationship, you're going to work on those behaviors that you want to work on. Okay. So do you feel that it's most effective because of the relationship building or what, why do you feel like Rascal X is it? Oh, absolutely. I think two things. One thing is that you kind of go through a, um, the first step and we'll talk about that in a little bit is to assess your students and you're going to kind of walk through the assessment with your students. Um, you're assessing them. You're not telling them, but you're going to kind of look for engaged behaviors that, or behaviors that indicate your relationship is positive. One example would be just, you smile at them, they smile back. Um, that would be just one example. And you're going to go through your whole class list initially and score your students. And I think sometimes when we do that, uh, we get a little bit of an eye opener, right? Like you all of a sudden realize a lot of times we find the secreters. I think we all know who the disruptors are. So I do love that about the first piece of this tool is that you're going to just really do a self-assessment of your relationship with the kids. Mm. And sometimes we have this belief that the relationship is good until we look at each relationship individually. So you might think, oh, my kids like me. It's going well. We're having a good year, blah, blah, blah. But you don't necessarily stop and analyze the relationship you have with each individual student, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes maybe you think you have a good relationship with a student, but really you have a good relationship with their best friend. But that relationship isn't where it is. So it's just a really great way to first check, do you even have good relationships? And then figure out which ones need to be improved. And just like the kids, us teachers all have to work on our improvement skills as well, right? Absolutely. Well, building relationships or bonds with our students is a key component to Rascal X. How do we as teacher build these important bonds with students who don't really want to build these bonds? All right. And a lot of times that's why we're using Rascal X, right? Because if it were easy with a student, <laughs> we wouldn't be looking for a tool, right? So, exactly. you know, if you have a student that maybe you just need to give a little more time or, hey, pat them on the back and it works, then you're good. But some of our kids are more resistant to building relationships for a multitude of reasons, right? We know environmentally, they may have emotional, they may have trauma, um, they may have just poor experience in school up until now. So there's lots of reasons. And so I think one of the key things that you're going to do with Rascal X is actually kind of get to the root of the problem. So you're going to take, once you've got your assessment and We'll go through that in a minute. And then you're going to look at the tools you're going to use to try to fix the relationship. The truth is there's a million ways to fix a relationship with a student. And it takes some time to figure out what's the best way to reach each student. So what works, if you have this, you know, we've, we've experienced teachers like this in our careers where they think one way is the only way kind of thing. You know, one way to reach kids, like I know one teacher um, who thinks joking with the kids it's going to build a relationship. But for some kids, they don't like the jokes. They don't like nicknames. They don't like that. And they don't really know what to do about it. And so I think it's important to assess, hey, is what I'm doing working? Or is this really not improving our relationship at all? So then you can go back and say, okay, I'm going to try something else because that did not work. 
That's a really good point. And if I can just interject a quick story, when you brought that up about um, teachers who like to like joke around with their students, but sometimes that's not the best way. Uh, one of my daughters um, in fourth grade, she stopped growing. She literally, her pituitary gland just stopped functioning. And she got into middle school and one of the teachers would always make comments jokingly about her, her height. And yeah, that, that, I mean, if you, that's where that relationship piece comes in. You really need to know your students because that wasn't something that um, made her feel like she was um, cared for by that teacher or, um, made her feel part of a class. So I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. You really have to know your students because some kids you can goof around with and make jokes and things like that. And you know, that that's fine. But there are those students where you say something and it can really cut and it can cut kind of deep. So thanks for bringing that up. Absolutely. Yeah. So as teachers, we should be self-reflecting as often as possible. I love that. Um, that part about teaching that is easy to do like after a lesson, a lot of times um, where you can see that what's worked and what you need to kind of tweak. Um, we can even talk about like the super or the scoreboard, I think is what I was trying to think of the scoreboard. You know, if you're like, my class was crazy today, you know, you look at your scoreboard, you didn't keep score well enough. That's usually typically what happens to me, but can improving our own behaviors in the school setting improve our beloved rascals behavior as well? I think that's what Rascal X is about, really. So if we want to kind of break down the steps of Rascal X at this time, Mm -hmm. we'll see time we're on here. So really that is kind of the whole goal of Rascal X is honestly changing your own behavior and the So the goal is to change your behavior and the outcome should be a better relationship with the student. So if you think about it, we're not even trying to fix the child at this point. We're changing our behavior so that we can get to a place to have a relationship with the student because we know there needs to be a positive relationship. In fact, when we talked about um, the bullseye game a few weeks ago, when we talked about that, you can't play the bullseye game if you don't have a good relationship with the student. I mean, you might as well not bother. Mm -hmm. So, because if the student is like, I already know I'm on to you, you're, you're just trying to get me or whatever, you know, but if the student says, Hey, this, this person cares about me, they're going to be more inclined to want to join you in a journey on improving behavior. If the student doesn't have a positive relationship with you, there's really no, no point. So let's talk about like how you do it. So the first step in Rascal X is you're going to assess your relationship very simply, yes or no. And you're gonna ask the following questions about each student. So obviously you're not gonna do this in the middle of your class. You're gonna do this after school, but you wanna read the questions before school and kind of just have them in your head. And you might even do one question per day, right? So the first question is, does the student happily react to a greeting from you? So if you stand by your door on Monday, maybe Monday you're gonna do question one. Does the student happily react when they see you? So you say, good morning, Sam. Does Sam respond with a greeting or at least a smile or something that tells you they they enjoy seeing you? So you're going to maybe do that on Monday and make a mental note and then scurry over to your desk, right? And find a (laughs) post-it and write down, who did you notice didn't? 
Now we both know, we all know that it could be the day, right? Maybe that morning they were tired. So you might want to just kind of have that in your head as the week goes on. Is the student every day not greeting me or is this just a one-time thing? So the next question, and you could kind of um, do these together, but I still say maybe try it on the next day. Do they respond to a smile or a grin? Coach calls it grin for grin. So if you smile at them, do they smile back? That's your next one. And you would want to do that for each class, each student. You're going to have to make some efforts, right? So again, here's your teacher behavior having to change. So if you're not walking around smiling at all your kids, and maybe you're not aware, it's kind of like when we started manners and I realized I wasn't always asking my kids, please, right? So it's self-awareness. So, okay, have I smiled at the student? I don't even know if they smile back. So it's just awareness. So then, so first you have your happily reacts to agree, and then you're going to do grin for grin. The next one is they do, this is a big one. And you guys have had students like this. Do they respond to praise? Well, hmm. okay. So we all have kids we've had over the years that when you say, Oh, I am so proud of you. Oh, you did such a nice job on this paper. If their response is one of those, like either, uh, or it's terrible or whatever, it could mean there's a relationship problem. And I say that carefully because of course, with everything, there's always, you know, complex issues. Is the child really like you, but they have such self-esteem issues, they can't take a compliment. Mm -hmm. But really, if they're not taking a compliment from you at all, it could be an indicator that there is some relationship issues or that you at least, if you were closer, you could work on that student's confidence. So we have, that's the third one. Um, the next one, like for oh, one other example of that one. So say, for example, um, you have a scoreboard or you're doing something in your class and you do a, a praise in front of the whole class to that student. How do they respond to that? Does that trigger negative behavior or positive behavior? Those are the kinds of things you're thinking about. So the next one is one that's a sticky one sometimes. So um, do they return eye contact? So I always, um, and Laura's heard me say this before, but Eye contact can be a difficult issue for some of our students culturally or sensory. Mm -hmm. So when you're scoring that one, I would have a little asterisk. For example, I've had many students um, on the ASD spectrum who I know eye contact is an issue for. I'm not going to mark them down if they're somewhat looking toward me <laughs> because that's what they can handle. If they're looking above my head, that's how they can handle contact with me. And I'm okay with that. That does not mean we have a bad relationship. However, if it's a student who's avoiding eye contact because of something else, meaning they don't like you or they're afraid of you, and that a fear might be authority, that is something you can work on with a relationship. So just consider the sensory issues. And then culturally, you need to know your students' cultures. There are some cultures where looking in the eye is not something that they do or it's saved for certain situations or whatever. So just be aware of that. So that's number four. And then your last question you're gonna ask, so this probably takes a week of self-reflecting. Do they willingly answer questions in conversation? Meaning you say, how was your weekend privately or not, you know, when they're coming in the door, do they answer? So in other words, you do your good morning, do they answer? But then instead of just doing good morning, you could say, good morning. Um, what did you do this morning before school? Or just something simple, simple questions, nothing that's going to create conflict, but even just like, um, what would you like for lunch? I've had kids who don't even want to answer that. 
So, um, so basically those are the five things. So it's, we call it, um, greeting, grin, praise, return eye contact, and then answering questions in conversation. So those are the five things you're going to look at each student and kind of rank them. And it's a simple yes or no. It's not one to five, one of those complicated things. Mm -hmm. Yes or no. Do they, and you can always do an asterisk if you're like, well, they do it, but there's a reason or they don't do it, but there's a reason. So that's the first step. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned about the cultural differences because I think that's important to, to realize. And I, unfortunately, I think there's some teachers that probably need to hear that again, just to keep that in mind. So what is the best way to respond to minor behavior issues? What are some positive strategies that we can use to curb these minor behaviors that we have? Right. So now that you've done this assessment, you're going to start to notice some things, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to make this kid one of your top three. Maybe as you've done it, you're like, the coach says, if you have a score of four or less, those are students you need to look for. And that might be, that might mean those minor behaviors, like maybe they're not answering questions, or maybe they're not um, engaging with you in a conversation, or maybe they don't greet you in the morning. So maybe it's just one thing and, and you're like, well, they don't smile back at me. That's probably, it's not like it's a huge behavior issue, right? You're not going to send them to the office because they didn't smile back at you, but it's something of concern. So those are students to me that you just start really just trying to engage with them a little bit more and just putting in some extra effort, making sure you greet them in the morning, making sure that you compliment them, making sure that you're working towards getting to know them better. I think that's the key with those minor things. Do we have lots of strategies for those kinds of things? Yes. So you can use your scoreboard. You can use super improver to improve minor behaviors. So that type of a thing. I'm not going to walk up to a student and say, hey, um, I noticed you don't smile back at me when you when I smile at you. Because there's something bigger going on, right? If they refuse to smile at you. So I'm more going to look at what does make the child smile. Mm. I'm going to start observing. Does the child smile if I tell a joke? Does the child smile at their friends? Does the child smile um, when they hear another child tell a joke, but not my jokes? Like, those are the things you need to be looking for. Like, when does the child smile? That's a good example. Do the children answer each other's questions, but not yours? So if a student asks your child, this particular child, a question, does the child answer it, but not you? Those are the types of things where Those are minor behaviors in terms of the big scheme of things, but those are behaviors you don't want to miss. You want to notice and then figure out, okay, this is where I need to build a relationship. And that's kind of where step two with Rascal X comes in. So with step two, you kind of pick out your kids that, ooh, this one got a three. This one got a three also, or this one, this one got a four, but I didn't realize that one was going to be a four. I thought I was pretty good on that one. So what you're going to do, and this is cool, you'll see it when you um, look at the Rascal X document. We have nine strategies to work towards improving the relationship. And honestly, some of them are exactly what we just did, right? You're going to work on greeting the student. You're going to work on smiling at the student more. You're going to work on rewarding the student. You're going to work on eye contact. So that's, those are things you can work on normally if you know what's missing. 
but how are you going to do it if they don't like it? Right. That's the question. <laughs> so if they're refusing to greet you. What are you going to do about it? So that's where our other tools pop in with our strategies. So one of them is you announce to your whole class that, and I've done this actually because I have boys, you know, so my boys love video games. So I just got them from my class and I said, Hey, my boys think it's so pathetic that I don't know how to play any video games. So today, if any of you play video games, I'm going to ask you to help me out a little bit and tell me what video game you think I should learn and then give me a few tips. So if you have students that are on your Rascal X list, the kids who didn't get a five, um, you're going to a five yeses. You're going to say, hey, do you play video games? And see if they respond, right? And then say, oh, you know, I don't know anything about video games. I'm going to need your help. And this gives the child the opportunity to teach you something. It puts them in a place of power, not necessarily over you, but in, in, they're in power of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it really gives them the chance. Now, what if they say no? They might, but that doesn't mean you give up. The next day you might be like, okay, so your best friend blank told me I should try um, Among Us. What do you think of that game? Because now I've brought in the best friend, right? I've gotten a connection. And I'm going to say, okay, so he said Among Us, right? do you like that game or would you recommend something else? And then maybe they answer that one this time. So I'm going to keep at it, just using different strategies. Um, another one we have is the door opener. So a door opener is just that same, give them a simple question. Hey, I'm in the mood for ice cream. What's your favorite ice cream? Or Ooh, it's pizza day for lunch. That's my favorite hot lunch. What's your favorite hot lunch? So just simple little questions. Mm -hmm. um, one that I really like to see if, especially this is for your secreters. If you do hands raised pulling, for example, um, should we watch, so it's movie day or it's, you know, reward day. Should we watch a movie or play outside for recess? Do they raise their hand and answer? So in virtual school, I had two kids that never answered the poll questions ever. Oh. One of them was completely unengaged. The other one, I was glad I asked because <laughs> she said, the poll never loads for me. I wait and I wait and I wait. <laughs> right. So that's a good indicator that maybe I should have dug deeper earlier. <laughs> so I'll have stuff like that that happens. Um, but just really some, that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, your perception is that they don't like you. They might like you, they might show it differently, or it's just where you just dig deeper. So we have polling, we have answering questions. Um, one of the ones that I found most successful is called happy heart. And the happy heart is you do the work to figure out what your student is passionate about. So I had a beloved rascal that, oof, he had a history, right? He was one of those that everybody knew about in the whole school. And I was like, oh, he is a tough nut to crack. And he was a tough nut to crack. But I found out from hearing, overhearing, I did a lot of overhearing. <laughs> um, I found out he loved dirt bike riding. And so I just started asking him about dirt bike riding. And I just, you know, real simple questions. So I start real loose. I don't say, tell me all about dirt bike riding. I just said, hey, so do you ride your bike at home? Like, do you have space there? Or do you have to go somewhere else to ride your bike? That was it. And then the next day I said, this is just so interesting. I love hearing about new things. So like, are you one of those dirt biker riders that has a motor on your dirt bike or is it the kind without a motor? 
Like, <laughs> like I really broke it down. But each day I just asked one new question. And then as soon as he answered, I moved on. So I wasn't pushing him into a relationship that he didn't really want. I just slowly ask questions, ask questions. And you know what? He and I get along great. I see him now. He's a couple years later, still talks to me all the time. Wants to know, you know, because I used to tease him. like, maybe someday I'll ride a dirt bike. <laughs> we all know that's not happening, but maybe someday I will. You never know. <laughs> so the last one is called secret sauce. And this is where you really get into that stuff we talked about, like joking with kids. So maybe for some kids, sharing dad jokes is the way to a relationship. For some other kids, they hate dad jokes. Don't do it. Maybe some kids is talking about music because you find out they love music. Um, Maybe you find out that one of your students just really loves to shoot hoops and he wants to shoot hoops, even if you're terrible at it. And I'm so bad. I usually do the under, you know, the granny shots and they think that's hilarious. However, it breaks the relationship down a little bit. Um, Giving them jobs. Some of your kids just want responsibility. And you find out the secret sauce for student B is he just wants to be able to run to the office and back (laughs) or help one of the little kids or whatever. Um, I had a student two years ago. She just needed to take a walk. She just needed to take a walk. And so I'd say, did you want to walk alone today? Or would you like me to walk with you? I'm happy to walk with you if you want to, if you'd like. And I made it very clear. Oh, honey, I get it. Sometimes I need to take a walk too. So if you need to take a walk, you can, it's not a problem. But then occasionally I'd say, Hey, would you like me to walk with you? I'd love to hear about how things are going for you. And she was new to my class. And after a few days, she said, She's not like this. Yeah, you can walk with me today. (laughs) It wasn't like, oh, goody. It was not a soft, cuddly (laughs) step. And that relationship actually has improved um, tremendously. And she's one that has had a lot of trauma in her life. And she has a great difficulty bonding with teachers. And so, yeah, this last year, I didn't have her. And they had me come in and eat pizza with her a couple times a month just so she'd have someone to talk to. So, because that was what she wanted and it was all me just waiting and not pushing. I think that's another cautionary tale is don't push yourself into a relationship where you're not wanted. (laughs) It really helps. (laughs) Right. Good point. Definitely. Good point. Yeah. Well, is this something that we would start right away? Rascal X or. Yeah. Great question. I, you know, the last couple of years since we've come out with our rascal X, I have done it early in the year, not the first day of school, right. but I usually maybe would say week three. I, I think those first two weeks, we're all just trying to get to know each other. Um, if I start to notice things week three, um, it's probably when I would do it. Um, I've had kids where I didn't really notice things or I had disruptors that I already knew what the problem was. Um, but if I have kids that just seem a little bit off, I would do it. I think it's healthy for all of us to do it by week four, just to do a quick assessment. If you think everything's peachy keen, I would still do it just to see what you're missing. Um, You know, I always said when I switched to super improver, which you can hear all about, but um, super improver shed light on kids I was missing. So we used to have a clip chart, those horrible things. And my ready to learn kids, the kids whose clips never moved, I didn't really notice that they didn't move. They were the kids that kind of just did what they were supposed to, but nothing extraordinary, just kind of. And um, so that's what I say about this too. We want to shine a light on all of our kids, not just the the disruptors and and the ones that are obvious. 
But what about, what about your relationship with every child? You know, the ones who love you and put apples on your desk and write, I love my teacher. You know who those students are. And you know, the ones who really don't like you because I've already told you they don't like you. But what about the middle of the road? And that's what I like about Rascalox. It really does help you build relationships with all of your students and make sure that you have done that and not just assume that you've done that. Right. I think as teachers, it, it kind of reminds us to slow down and really take inventory. You know, we're, we're so, I, I know I am as a teacher, you think about all the things you have to do and, you know, with your curriculum and everything, but I think you've brought this up. We've had other guests on here that have brought this up. If you don't have those relationships, really, that other stuff is just going to be even harder, you know, because if you've got your kiddos that um, are your beloved rascals, um, they're, they're not going to be interested in the curriculum over here if you don't have that relationship built with them first. So, um, so you talked about the minor behavior issues. I'm doing a lot of reading this summer on trauma and like social emotional issues with, with our kiddos. What about those major behavior issues? How does Rascal X figure into that? I actually think um, Rascal X is kind of a nice stepping stone into the deeper, the deeper things you're going to do. So we've talked about um, the bullseye game. So if you're listening to this, you didn't listen to bullseye game and you're like, well, I already know who my disruptors are. <laughs> if your disruptors are still disrupting at six weeks in, you're going to want to use the bullseye game. Mm-hmm. So I always say major behaviors, I'm going to work on improving them with like a super improver, motivating them through whatever motivational tool you use in your classroom. If I don't start to see improvement, I'm going to start to look at that. But I think the beloved rascal um, strategies that we start with are just, you know, I always say, give your kids a few weeks. Sure. Buy out the tools we all say to use class. Yeah, it's mirror words, keeping them busy. Teach okay. You know, I found my blurters, once I really did teach okay consistently, our very basic WBT tool, some of my blurters were so much better because they were getting to talk, right? I mean, half of them are blurting because they just want to tell you, but we're wanting them, you know what I mean? So they get their chance to answer, even if it's not their turn. So some of those behaviors and blurting is a major when it's constantly interrupting your teaching. But if you can use some of our strategies, scoreboard, that type of thing, rule call outs, we have all those things that we are are pretty basic. But when you get to week six and you're still dealing with significant behaviors. Now, if you have a student the first three weeks who's throwing chairs and all those types of things, and yes, I've had that, then you're going to be looking at strategies. I would probably start the bullseye game after pretty quickly at that point. But I would say those students that are really disruptive, those are the ones who you got to work on relationship from day one. So if the way you're building a relationship is punishing them, probably not going to see a huge behavior. And I'm not saying they don't deserve a consequence, but if you're going to give them a consequence, make sure you're also working on developing the relationship in a positive way as well. I think that's a good point because I think a lot of times when teachers hear us, you know, talk about whole brain teaching or even on these podcasts, they think we're saying there don't need to be any consequences when there's a behavior. We, you know, I think that there needs to be a consequence. So I love how that you, you brought that in. It's just um, using these strategies can help kind of just bring everything all together. So 
I, I like how you brought that in. So this has been another amazing conversation, Stacy. Um, we loved having you on for the bullseye game. Now we're talking about Rascal X. Um, is there one place where our listeners can find um, how you would pace out Rascal X? Where can they find it? Yeah, so you can kind of read a little bit about it on the website, but there is a link that will take you to this full document, Rascal X on Teachers Pay Teachers. And what's nice about it is it doesn't just give you the Rascal X tool. It actually gives you some other strategies for working on relationships with students. Um, it refers back to P-Circle, which we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. And it talks about some other strategies that you can use in addition to Rascal X. Rascal X is almost a very beginning tool, right? When you're working on um, behavioral issues with your kids. But we know that you're going to have to do more than just build a relationship. Maybe you've improved your relationship. Now what? Doesn't mean the behavior went, oh, vanished, gone. <laughs> it might, it really, what the goal of building a relationship is so that you can work on the behaviors, right? So it's not necessarily about fixing the child. Improving the relationship is so that you can work with the child on the problem. Coach said um, something that I absolutely love. He said, um, problems are not they problems are we like when we look at a problem with a student as a we problem meaning myself the teacher and the student it takes on a whole different connotation and and i think you hear it when you hear people talking like those kids (laughs) you know or that kid if i said we have a problem and even when we talk to the student you know we have a problem because i like to talk and you like to talk and we both like to talk at the same time we have a problem so we have to figure out you know what i mean and how different is that for the child to hear not you 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so like this is my big takeaway <laughs> from this <laughs> podcast is like starting to change that vocabulary to we have a problem instead of you have a problem yeah. I like that. I think it's it gets light on, on the problem. Yeah. And, and then you, the child sees you that, Oh, we are in a relationship. You, you know what I mean? And I think, yes. if you think about it, for those of you who are parents, a lot of times parents look at their child's behavior and they do try to think, okay, so my child won't go to bed at night. Right. Um, or won't stay in their bed or something simple like that. So most parents are like, okay, what do I have to do? And what does the child have to do? Like, you know, I mean, parents often look at problems in terms of a we problem, but I think teachers tend to look at them as a they problem. And so I think. Well, and so much, yeah. So much of that is, you know, we hear from the previous year's teacher, like you said, you know who your beloved rascals are coming in because you've heard about them. So you've already, you know, you're already thinking they're the problem, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So you've told us on previous uh, podcasts how we can get in touch with you if we have any questions, but can you repeat that for this podcast as well? How can people get in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, it's very easy. You can reach me at Stacy Bile at wholebrainteaching.com. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also some links in the I believe it about us on the website. So if you go to us, you can get links to our emails and then, um, yeah, it's just Stacy Bile, Ian, Stacy, not in Bile, B-Y-L. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to answer any questions you have. 
Well, thank you, Stacey, for being on today. And definitely follow Stacey's advice and check out the Teachers Pay Teachers um, in order to download your copy of Rascal X because there is a ton of information in there. The chart is in there. The questions that she mentioned are in there. Also, remember our Facebook pages and our Instagram page. You will find lots of resources and support there. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, God bless.